How can I know God is real? What does the Bible say about politics? Why does a good God allow suffering? If you have questions about faith, life or culture, don't be afraid to ask. This This is Ask with David Dean. G'day everyone, Dave Dean here. And our question for the week is, what is universalism and is it biblical? Well, what a question for a five-minute segment, but let's not waste any time. First, what is universalism? Well, succinctly stated, universalism is the belief that all human beings will be saved. It comes in a few different varieties, but that is essentially the place where all universalists ultimately arrive at in one way or another. In other words, universalism is a doctrinal belief concerning the extent of salvation, that is, the availability and applicability of Jesus' death and resurrection in the lives of human beings. And if we think about the main views of salvation on a spectrum, then we see that universalism is one of three predominant views. On the one hand, there is the belief that salvation in Jesus is only available and applicable to a specific people that God has chosen. In contrast to this is the belief that salvation in Jesus is available to all people, but only applicable to those who accept it. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we have universalism, a term derived from the Greek word apokatastasis found in Acts 3.21, which translated in English is the word restoration. So universalism is the belief in universal restoration by reconciliation to Jesus. In other words, salvation in Jesus is available and applicable to all people regardless of their beliefs or commitments or relationship with or love for Jesus. In the end, all will be saved. Now, while there's three views here, there's really only two categories of view in the sense that the first two are particularist views of salvation that maintain only Christian believers will be saved through the particular mediation of an active relationship with God by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. By contrast, universalism is not a particularist view. It is, well, it's universal, maintaining that all people will be saved unilaterally by divine fiat apart from any particular relationship with Jesus. There may be concession that it is only by Jesus that all people are saved, but there is no emphasis on the centrality of a relationship with Jesus as a prerequisite for receiving that salvation. Now, universalism is not new or novel. We find it as far back as some of the early church fathers with people like Origen of Alexandria in the 3rd century and Gregory of Nyssa in the 4th century. More recently, it's been advocated by the late philosopher of religion, John Hick, and the contemporary philosopher-theologian, David Bentley Hart. And there are many different reasons these thinkers have put forward in support of universalism. Some of them are textual arguments from the Bible, others are theologically inferred, and more often than not, there are a number of highly technical philosophical frameworks that arrive at this conclusion or will, by necessity, be saved. And worth noting is that often if not in every presentation of universalism I've seen, there is a corresponding criticism of the particularist view that some people will be eternally separated from God. Now, universalism isn't the only way of dealing with the discomfort of that notion, but that's a question for another day. What's important here is the second part. Is universalism biblical? Well, let's confess up front that there are some New Testament verses that speak about God having mercy on all and all being made alive in Christ and every tongue confessing Jesus Christ as Lord and so on. But to my reading, not a single one of these texts taken in their immediate context or indeed the broader context of the New Testament and the biblical canon as a whole support anything like universalism. 
Now, that's a strong claim, and I would need to go case by case to demonstrate and defend what I mean there. For now, let me just simply say that whatever potentially vague passages there may be hinting at something like universalism, there are clear passages which speak right against it. Jesus himself said in Matthew 25, 46, then they, that is referring to the unsaved, will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The distinction is clear. Eternal punishment is just as sure as eternal life. Now, we can discuss what constitutes that eternal punishment and that eternal life, but that there is a distinction, it is difficult to ignore, if not impossible, to avoid altogether without some sort of remarkable degree of exegetical gymnastics. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot more that we could say about all of this and many more arguments that universalists have put forward, like appealing to the nature of God as creator and the fulfillment of ourselves as creatures in his image and so on. But with all of that weighed, I just, well, I just want to close with this final thought. I may be personally more comfortable if universalism were true, but the particularity of salvation cannot be ignored by Christians who wish to remain true to Scripture and really love their fellow man. Universalism not only dismisses the core relational dimension of salvation in Jesus, it goes further in destroying the very notion of relationship altogether insofar as it presents a deterministic paradigm wherein God is like a doctor forcing a cure on patients without their consent. But the relational heart of Christianity is precisely the uniqueness of Christianity. It is the impetus of the very first evangelistic words of Jesus when he appealed to the people in Mark, repent and believe, for the kingdom of God is at hand. In order to make an appellation like that, there has to be an assumption of at least two terms or two entities, the one making the appeal and the one responding to the appeal. And it's like that with relationships. In a determined world without distinctions, there may be mechanical connections, but there is no dynamism of giving and receiving, of exhausting and sheltering, of being in relationship. But by offering salvation in Jesus to all people, God dignifies human individuality and personal identity. And salvation in Christ, it doesn't rob us of that. It redeems that in us. So in a sense, universalism, it's kind of looking at the issue of salvation the wrong way around. The wonder of salvation is not found in the destinies of those who aren't saved. It's not even in the destinies of those who are saved. The wonder of salvation is found in the Savior, Jesus Christ. Our theology of salvation should begin and end with him. That's the angle that the whole question of salvation should be looked at. Not from the doom of the unsaved, but the delight of the Savior. That God would make salvation possible in himself for us is praiseworthy and uniquely Christian. It is the affirmation of Christ himself when he was asked, how can we know the way by Thomas? Jesus looked at him and said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Do you have a question about Christian beliefs, theology, doctrine, philosophy or culture? Don't be afraid to ask. Go to drcdean.com forward slash ask. That's Dean with an E.